If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Tickets at dogoonpod.com. Let's do it! Yeah! Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and as always I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello Dave, hello Matt. It is me, your best friend Jess. I'm ready to do a podcast with you. <laughs> I loved Beautiful. it. I, I, that was fantastic. I, I, Why you, won't you look at me? <laughs> you've heard me say that I don't like many musicals. Uh-huh. But I know what I like, yeah. and I loved that. Yeah, that was fantastic. It won me over. <laughs> Holy moly. You're going to do the whole episode in song? Fuck no, absolutely not. Can you imagine? Oh, insufferable. <laughs> really? Especially with, like, I mean, I have no musical training. Um, self-taught. Self-taught. Bloody hell. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I just felt like putting in a little brag there. I'm Jess, naturally talented, yes. Can I ask you to sing an explanation of what this show is? Yeah, sure. But now I only have the one melody in my head. That's more than I've got. Oh. <laughs> give me a song. Give me a melody, and I'll sing it. Eleanor Rigby. Okay. Welcome to Do Go On. We are a podcast where we each research <laughs> a different topic each week. We take it in turns and we research a thing and we tell the others about it. We start with a question, and I'm going to do that right now. Um, that was great. That was was great. it? Yeah. There was a real chance for a rhyme of as well at one point, which was where I thought you were going. Rhyming as well with as well? <laughs> yeah. And I, I didn't. <laughs> Fuck. I blacked out. I have no idea. Wow. How did you miss that? It <laughs> <laughs> was a real opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> when you put as well in a song, yeah. you got to use it you again. you got to use it again. <laughs> 
Yes, we do. Um, these topics are often suggested by a listener and uh, and voted on by people who support us at patreon.com or do go on pod.com. My question for you is, Grace O'Malley is best known <gasps> as the Irish queen of what? P- uh, oh, pirate queen. Yes! yes. <laughs> Good job! I've put her up for the vote a few times as well. Really? And they haven't? Uh, they haven't gone for her. Uh she's qu- like come second a bunch of times. Interesting. Yeah, apparently, I d- never looked into her too much, but like a real folk hero in Ireland. Absolutely, I yes. And uh, and a few people have suggested it, and um, Ola McGrath suggested it, and was like, "I've seen this in the vote, um, so I, I, you know, you're probably going to do it at some point." Um, but it's been suggested by Orla, uh, Patrick Ryan, uh, Padraig, Nicola, Gillian, and Evan Ralph. So uh, quite a few people have suggested this topic. And yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, a real sort of folklore legend um, in in Ireland. Really? Yeah. Hearing those names back, that didn't sound like they yeah. <laughs> Patrick, Padraig. <laughs> um, Orla. Orla. Orla I love it. Now I didn't um I didn't copy it down. Ola made a very good point that um and and a bit of a plea, Ola, which I I hear you because uh, Grace O'Malley is is uh, the anglicised name yes. and not a, a, an actual close translation. Um, Gronya isn't it doesn't mean Grace, so it's it's because uh, her actual name is Gronya, um, and so uh, Ola was sort of like. Uh, to mention that there's like an American TV presenter or something that was like making a, a show about about Grace O'Malley and was like, you know, we'll just call her Grace because it's easier. And all of us understandably like, that's kind of frustrating, especially if you know the history between Ireland and England. It's a bit frustrating. You can just say their name properly. Yeah, that's true. But if you know the history of Do Go On, pronouncing words oh, is difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we'll often love an easy way out, but... No, I think that's a good point. Yeah, and Gronya, it's what's the what's the full name? Gronya Niwale, Niwalia. Because right. yeah, it, 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 uh, I've read that a bunch. Because it's uh, most people who suggested it have both. Yeah. versions of it. That's right, and I think like um, and and yeah, I will definitely be saying things not quite right, and I'm gonna really do my best. I've put in. You know, phonetic uh, <laughs> translations wherever I can, so I get it as close as possible. But like, I, I do find it frustrating when you're trying to look up, you know, how to say an Irish name or something. And the only videos that come up are like talk show hosts um, interviewing Shersha Ronan and getting her to read like Irish names, and the audience is just like, "It's <laughs> so crazy! <laughs> okay, how is that?" Neve, and you're like, "Because oh, it's a different language. Um, it's not. It's not that interesting." Or Funny, you're just laughing at another language. It's very confusing. Um, so I am going to be referring to her the whole way through as Gronya. If you want to um, look up more information about her, you probably do need to Google Grace O'Malley. Even the Wikipedia page is Grace O'Malley. It's like graceomalley.com. Oh, sorry. I found this great website, which I'll, I'll mention a couple of times in here. It's like, uh, I think it's mostly about like Irish folklore. Right. Oh, cool. Is this... Do you know the pronunciation of that? Because Sir Sharon and said it on Jimmy Kimmel or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure otherwise, but it's it's um it's Wikipedia. Okay. Right. Yeah. I would not have thought that. Yeah, I know. So if you if you want to look it up, it's Wikipedia.org. It's got a whole bunch of information there about yeah, Irish cool. folklore. Very cool. Very cool stuff. But yeah, so um f- this is uh, uh to to start a little quote from uh, one of the many many fantastic resources I found about this uh, this. 
Irish legend. Few historical characters have made such an imprint on Irish folklore and legend as Gronya Niwalia, anglicised as Grace O'Malley. Luckily, outside of the oral tradition, we have a number of historical accounts, almost all from English sources, detailing the life and exploits of this extraordinary woman. So she was born in Ireland around 1530, so quite some time ago. Is she still alive? Uh, we'll find out. No spoilers. Uh, this is when Henry VIII was king of England and held the title of Lord of Ireland as well. Um, and a bit of historical context from historyisland.com. I trust this. Yeah. Mm. Any attempt to glimpse the woman behind the legend must consider the period in which she lived, the forces arraigned against her, and the society which gave rise to her. Ireland in the early decades of the 16th century consisted of two distinct cultures. Dublin, its bordering counties, and the coastal cities were technically English and regarded their hinterland with fear. It was a frontier society. The rest of the country was composed of the Gaelicised Old English and Native Irish. Living with Living within autonomous territories, they enjoyed traditional pastimes such as stealing cattle, poaching castles, feuding, intermarrying, and vying for domination. <laughs> That's a list of pastimes. Just some yeah. traditional pastimes, basket weaving, intermarrying, you know, the fun stuff. Stealing cows. cows. Stealing. stealing cows. A system of clientship existed. Weaker families aligned themselves to powerful ones, and bonds were cemented by means of tribute, military aid, marriage, and fosterage. Strict laws governed all formal aspects of these relationships. A complex interdependency bound the families together in a, in a hierarchical society, hierarchical, anyway, in which status and pride were of paramount importance. So, look, there's sections of this story where researching it, I'm like, okay, to explain what's happening here, I need to look into... And you know how, like, you in, you do medieval history in high school and you under, and you learn what barons do and it's it's so completely different to how, we, how things work now. Sections of this, I'm like, I'm not really sure what's going on here. <laughs> it's quite confusing. It was, honestly, a very long time ago. Okay. And a different country to yeah. where I live. Where's that? Um, Ireland. You live in Ireland? No, no, no. I live in Australia. Oh, where's that? Just here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because of the time difference, it's not 1530 where you it's live. It's not 1530 where I live. Is that a daylight savings thing? It's a daylight savings <laughs> thing mostly. Just a time zone. Yeah. Ti- time zone. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. The Video arcade. Games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, Gronya was, was the only child of Maeve and Owen Dovdara. Uh, Walia is their surname, which is spelt O-M-A-I-L-L-E. That's Walia. And the family was based in Clue Bay, County Mayo. Not much is known about her early life, but it's believed she most likely lived at her family's residence of Belle Claire on Clare Island, which is like a little island guarding the entrance to Clue Bay. So they had a castle on an island in a bay. That's my dream life. Very cool, yeah. Yeah. Castle in a bay. Yeah. Uh, castles, when I think of castles, I think dank. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, castle, hear me out, with yeah. underfloor heating. <laughs> now what do you reckon? Think that's do you reckon dank? The, qu- the Queen of England has that? <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon she's huh? got underfloor heating? What do you, re- well, you reckon the Queen's walking into her bedroom going, oh, a bit chilly, and has to go turn on like <laughs> a fucking furnace? I picture her wearing slippers. I reckon Buckingham Palace is like, a, it's an incredibly expensive bill to heat the whole thing, but it is cosy everywhere. 
Really? It must be. Not in the kitchens or like, you know, anywhere that the, the staff would be. Yeah, but anywhere where she would Anywhere potter. where she might be. And that's yeah. our money. Is that right? Uh, I think that's how taxes work. They go our straight to the go queen. All the way up to the queen. I think so. Yeah, you know, you pay the queen tax. What else are we paying taxes for? Roads and hospitals. Get uh, get your head out of your ass, Matt. It's for the queen. She's on all our cash. That's right. Yeah, and you... Monicus are pretty happy about that. Love it. Love Lizzie. Love seeing her face every day, reminding me of who's yeah. in charge. Off with her head from our cash is something I say. Oh. Okay. But I not not her physical head. You wish no harm hey, against her. Look. Matt. Why not both? <laughs> Lop it off. <laughs> oh, my God. I reckon they should get a second head of hers on there. Yeah, get another Two head. Two heads. Oh. Well, the way their family breathes, <laughs> it was always a danger. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, they think they they reckon she most likely grew up on that in that family's castle. But there's also a chance that she was fostered to another family, which is apparently very common for Irish nobility at the time. They'd send their kids off ah, to live with somebody sort of else. Experience. And I think based on um, that sort of uh, quote from before of like how their society kind of worked, I think that was maybe a way of like forming allyships with people. Sort of like, well, you can't attack. You know, the family, you grew up with that kid. Yeah, you know? that's nice. How could you? Yeah, you can't. Oh, come on. He's like a sibling to you. Yeah, you couldn't. don't dog Daryl. Yeah, you love Daryl. You love him. <laughs> Under on. no circumstance can you dog Daryl. Come don't, on. Don't dog don't him. You <laughs> don't you low dog, dog Daryl. Fuck. But I like that system of like uh, using marriage as a way to form an alliance. Yeah. I think that it's the perfect system, I think, that if you just get everyone to marry everyone, so there's one big marriage. Oh. No one would want to kill anyone. You might have like a, a bit of a tiff here and there. But that, okay, Dave, based on what you're suggesting, three of us sitting here are all married to each exactly. other. Exactly. And we'd never, I wouldn't kill Matt anymore. I wouldn't want to kill but him. But wouldn't you be jealous if I was like spending more time with Matt than with you? Or you, you've got so many other wives, yeah. you don't care. Yeah, but we go into counselling together. All three of us. Yeah, well, everyone. No, everyone goes into, In Dave, you've not yeah. thought this through at you, all. You sort through your shit. I reckon maybe you just stick to your marriage, okay, just I to one person. Oh, yeah, you're, you're in a marriage. Exactly. And that was to form an alliance. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to get more people into the alliance. <laughs> I do not um, I do not want to be in that alliance, please. So, so far, it's just two of us. Yeah. And the but dog. Could, exactly. <laughs> That's how you get them. Mm-hmm. Because then he forms alliances exactly. with uh, the neighbours. They get along. Okay. Now Speaking of Polly, back to the pirate. <laughs> like the, the bird on the... That's not bad. It's a bit of a stretch, but like sometimes that's clever. Not in this case, but sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so her family were accomplished seafarers, um, with her father known to have travelled often between Ireland, Scotland, and Spain. They controlled most of uh, what is now the barony of Morrisk in southwest County Mayo, meaning they controlled the land and the sea in their territory. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You gotta, you gotta. If you're buying a beachfront property, you gotta know a little bit of that ocean's yours. Exactly. <laughs> Mine. Also, you own now own a little bit of erosion. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> that just means a little more sea. <laughs> yeah. A bit more sea for Keep me. Keep it coming. Hey. Keep it coming. The There's interest rate on in. my sea levels is <laughs> oh my god. Give it ten years, I got more sea. This meant that each year, 50 English ships would have to pay a great tribute to the clan in order to fish there. And the fertile waters were filled with herring, cod, ling, salmon and shellfish. And that provided an important source of income for the family. So they'd just charge people for being in their water. 
Honestly, I think if you were like, you know, if your business was like uh, trading by ship, you'd have to be really thinking about where you're going because every time you're in somebody's water, they're like, pay up. You're in my water. Yeah. It's like going around a Monopoly board. Yeah. You're like, oh, 200 bucks again. Landed on Kent Street again. <laughs> <Bloody> <laughs> hell. Hell. This is killing me. And I guess if you say no, what do they just sink your ship? Yeah, they just um, pillage it. Right. Now uh, they say, oh, can't. Can't. Come on. No fair. I own this water. <laughs> this, this is my, my water. water. <laughs> I said so. So, it's right. mine. It's right. My dad owns it. Oh. It might not be perfect. It's the only system we've got. <laughs> I can't see it changing ever. So get used to it. So the family also made fishing nets and, and built fishing boats. So very much, you know, uh, they lived by the sea. And they supplemented their bank accounts with a little bit of piracy. Ah. There's a fairly famous story about a time when Gronya was a child and wanted to join her father on a on a trading expedition to Spain, but she wasn't allowed to go because, as we all know, women are bad luck on boats. Oh. still to this day, can't get can't go on a cruise That's ship. Still a thing. Yeah, you can't get on a boat. Not allowed. We're bad Bloody luck. Hell. We're bad luck. Come on. That's right, because there was a woman on the Titanic, wasn't there? Yeah. Rose. That was their fatal mistake. Yeah. Rose. They, <laughs> they let thought, her on. They thought maybe that's just a bit of like, you know, like a superstition. Yeah. How could a woman be bad luck on a boat? And well, now we know. Yeah. Now we know. Yeah. <laughs> so Where, where's the Titanic now? Yeah, yeah. Bottom of the ocean. That's where that is. Okay. So is that, does that answer your question? It is still in the bottom of the ocean. Isn't it? We haven't picked it up. Have we, has nobody gone and picked it up? I'm pretty sure you did a report about it. You would know. Yeah, I remember James Cameron that went down there. That was six years ago. I don't wow. remember last week's episode. Truly. You truly don't. I don't. What, why do they put on boats? There's often like a carving of a of a woman on the front. Yeah. That feels like you're, they're playing with fire. I think that's the only woman allowed. Putting a permanent woman on the boat? Yeah. Maybe it's because uh, they usually don't have a top on. Maybe maybe oh, covering okay. a woman's body is bad luck. That's and then women are like, I don't really want to be nude on a boat with a bunch of dudes. Yeah, would you prefer to die? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. This is for everyone's safety. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> we, hey, we're as upset as you. Oh, yeah, I don't want to. I'm trying to eat my breakfast. <laughs> You're there naked. Yuck. It's cold. We're worrying about you. <laughs> We want just, you to have a cardigan on. I just on. want to put a shawl on you, but I can't for the safety of everyone. I went on a like a, a day cruise over Christmas, and the the captain, let's call him skipper, the skipper was worried that my mother in law had bought, uh, brought a banana on board. He was worried that she'd brought a banana. Like that, apparently, he was saying that's bad luck. He had a, he said he was tapping a sign saying, "Look, no, no," it said, "No bananas." What? I don't know if that's a personal thing for him. Or if that's also like a like a I've never ship thing. seen that in my life and that is incredible. Yeah. Why banana specifically? I'm guessing he does not use banana broat sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. He must think He's like, that's get that really off my spitting in the face like, of bad luck. That's really poor taste. <laughs> that's um so what did she do? Eat it to get rid of it? She just went, Oh, don't worry about it. Back in the handbag. <laughs> Because she was offering it to another lady we were on, on the ship with who was getting a bit seasick. Yeah. She said, oh, would you like a little banana? And he goes, banana? <laughs> Didn't you see the sign? <laughs> Tapping it. That's yes, the eating the banana wouldn't have helped. It still would have been on the boat. True. It okay. doesn't disappear. Eat the when banana it goes and then you. immediately shit. <laughs> off, off, off the side of the, side of the boat. boat. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know it's gone. <laughs> the only way we'll survive. <laughs> Can I just throw it into the water? No. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back. 
<laughs> it's boomerang shaped. That's um. That's truly baffling. I th- I suppose if you are somebody listening who is uh, you know you've grown up around boats, you work on boats. Please let us know if that's a thing. Is that a thing? That's so strange. No bananas on boats. And he had a sign. But like, <laughs> and it's not even like when you're crossing state borders and you have fruit on you and you you know you shouldn't because of fruit flies. I was assuming it was a fruit fly issue. But, but how's that an issue at sea? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like a 30-minute cruise out too. And it's not like no food or vegetables, no fruit. It's just no bananas. Yeah. That's so strange. You know what? This guy sounded a little bananas. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't think at the time, I need to ask a lot more questions about this. Oh, no, we, um, there was a mutiny on board. Yeah. <laughs> this was a madman. We locked him down below and then I was the captain. <laughs> and I said, bananas for all. <laughs> and the boat sank. Yeah, yeah he was down there. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you're going to kill us all. And then Dave did. Dave did kill them all. Anyway. Should have married him. Should have married him. <laughs> exactly. Formed an alliance. <laughs> So, yeah, she wanted to go on this uh, expedition to Spain with her dad. She wasn't allowed to go. So she snuck on board. And by the time they realized she was on the boat, it was too late to turn back and they stuck with her. Um, But another version of the story, though, says she's not allowed to go because her long hair would catch in the ship's ropes. So she cut off most of her hair. Um, and I think, like, it says to embarrass her father into taking her. But I think it's also sort of like, well, what's your excuse now? Yeah, that's great. So she's like cut all her hair off it's really short she's essentially bald and that's where she earned her nickname as a lot of people would know her as um gronya whale and and the the whale sort of uh, comes from the word that means bald in right. Irish. classic stuff yeah take gronya's name out of your mouth gronya whale <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah okay that's you know, it's funny when you know how just through history you never know what the hair fashion is. Because yeah. men's hair, I'm like, olden days, men's hair would be long as well, but obviously just not at that period. Yeah. It comes and goes. Yeah, you're right. It's it's a bit um, it's a bit odd. And because this happened in the 1500s and uh, she was sort of like, she was a bit written out of Irish history for, for a period there. It's bad luck to write women into it history. It's bad luck to write women into history. No, don't. Don't acknowledge they were here. Um... So there's definitely gaps in like, uh, you know, there's no hard evidence uh, for that some she things. Existed. No, there's oh, definitely okay. exi- that she existed, but it's like there's people have sort of had to, I guess, fill in some gaps a little bit. So there's a lot of the time there's different versions of stories, and you're like, it's one of them, or not a bit of both. Um, so evidence suggests that she was formally educated. They were uh, like a noble family. They um, lived in a castle. Yeah, so she was. She would have been well educated as as women were back then. And then we went through a period of time where they weren't. Um, but yeah, it's funny in my head, like we're just, you know, the, as time goes on, everyone gets more rights and equality becomes yeah more achieved. But it's it's unfortunately it's not like that. Yeah, it's really interesting. There's some points. Um, I make later around like land ownership and stuff for women and it's um it felt progressive reading about it and you're like this is the 16th century um so yeah she was formally educated but her real education happened on the sea so she spent a lot of time she did she had like a tutor yeah on a boat (laughs) 
No, she spent a lot of time as a child with her father on his trading and fishing voyages, helping hone her skills on the sea, which taught her how to travel by star or by compass, how to predict weather patterns, and how to navigate the treacherous waters. And this intimate knowledge of the hard-to-navigate and largely uncharted inlets of her own territory certainly made her a force to be reckoned with. Uh, in 1546, she married Donald O'Flaherty, the heir of the O'Flaherty clan, and politically this would have been uh, seen as a good match. They were, I think, a similarly powerful family with control of another large section of land. So, yeah, it was it was definitely like a... An alliance. Great. Yeah, totally. And if, then, if they married their other neighbours, who married their other neighbours, who married their other neighbours? Who yeah. married Dave. <laughs> you see, suddenly, world domination. Is this starting to make sense? And I hate it when he makes sense. Um, but yeah, I like it because everyone, everyone's married. So you feel in one way you dominate, but also it's just like everyone just lives again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it feels like such a stressful time when people are fighting for territory and stuff. Totally, it's like, yeah. Uh, just let's just. How about you just have yours? Does everyone have a little bit? Everyone have a little bit. If, if we, everyone could just have a little bit. If you've got none, let's chat it out. Let's see what we can do. But if you've got heaps, do you need heaps more? Come on. Glad this conversation is no longer relevant and everything yeah. is nice. <laughs> nice yeah. and evenly distributed. It's nice yeah. to look back and laugh. <laughs> yeah, those fools. <laughs> what were they thinking? What were they thinking? Um, this is from historyisland.com again. As the daughter of a chieftain, Gronya would have brought a substantial dowry to the marriage. Under Gaelic law, the dowry, although available for use by the husband, had to be returned intact to the wife on dissolution of the marriage. Women retained control of any personal property they brought to the marriage and were entitled to acquire additional property independently of their husbands. Such property could include troops, ships, and a plethora of other goods. So, like, uh, in uh, later and even in, like, English rule, I think at the time, if, if you got married, everything that you owned was now your husband's. And if the marriage broke down or if he died, you don't even get your stuff back or you don't even get the full estate when your husband dies, you get like a third of it. You get a, like a, there's like a little bit to keep the widow okay, but you don't own anything. So, but in this society and in Ireland at the time, she could have her own stuff, and he'd have his own stuff, and she could keep buying things, and she could keep building her own wealth, which is very interesting. This is the 1500s. That's and, crazy. And if they split up. She gets to keep whatever she brought. Yeah, and whatever was already hers, yeah. she keeps that. So, yeah. So, she's kind of set up regardless. And although she was the only child of um, Dovdara and Maeve, she also had a paternal half-brother, also called Donal, like her husband. Um, oh, it would have been awkward in the boudoir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, half-brother. I mean, <laughs> husband. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So confusing. <laughs> so confusing. Um, and although typically during this period sons would inherit, Gronya was considered to be the legal retainer of the family land and seafaring activities. So she's essentially the head of her own family and apparently also assumed the mantle of chieftainship of the O'Flaherty's. Most tellings of her story say that due to the ineptness of her husband, who was reportedly a hot-tempered and impetuous man. Uh, that's a hot combo. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh she, he was quick to take offence and seek retribution. How he, dare you? He was, for example, engaged in constant feuding with the Joyces. Oh, just another the, clan. The fucking Joyces. He's like, those fucking Joyces. I hate those bricks. <laughs> yeah. 
their dog always shitting on my lawn. <laughs> and I say, stop your dog from shitting on my lawn. And they say, mate, it's not our dog. It's not our dog. It must be somebody else's dog. As they good boy. They're looking good me boy. in the eye while their dog looks me in the eye and shits on my lawn. Nah, I've never seen that dog before in my life. I've never met that dog. What dog? What dog? Nah, Come on, boy. Bananas, mate. <laughs> You're wearing a t-shirt with a dog on it. <laughs> the dog's wearing a collar with your address on it. I don't even know what a dog is. Mate. What are you talking about? What is a dog? That's a ferret. <laughs> Donald, you're crazy. <laughs> You've gone nuts, man. <laughs> no, no wonder your wife has to run everything. You're crazy. <laughs> those fucking Joyces. He's like, those fucking Joyces. Slamming doors. I can't win with these Joyces. <laughs> Every time they outsmart me. <laughs> dogs are real, aren't they? Yeah, I'm sure dogs are real. That wasn't a ferret. I've seen them. They're small. <laughs> to the library. <laughs> He just goes to a public library. I need your dog, your dog books, and a ferret book, and I need to con- contrast and compare. But the librarians are joyous. What's a dog? What's a dog? What's a, dog? What's a book? Uh, you've gone crazy. <laughs> They're just Donald. gaslighting you. Yeah. That's where gaslighting started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, Joyce is big gaslighters. <laughs> so together, Gronya and her husband had three children: uh, Owen, named after her father; Maeve, named after her mother. And uh, Mura, it's, uh, I've probably said that wrong and I'm sorry, Mura, who I'll, um, I'll talk about a bit more about the kids later on as well, but they had three kids. Um, when she was about 30, Gronya was widowed. Donald was killed in an ambush while... Not those freaking Joyces. Oh, don't tell me it was the Joyces. Well, it was, it was an ambush while hunting in the hills surrounding uh, Loch Corrib. This was undoubtedly part of Donald's wider struggle with the Joyces <laughs> for his control of Hen's Castle on the Loch. So he's killed in an ambush. Those fucking Joyces. I don't know if it was them that killed him or just the fact that he was he was so obsessed with getting something anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'm picturing the Joyces like remember uh in uh, Billy Madison, the O'Doyles. Yeah. O'Doyle rules. Joyce is rule. Yeah, that's, that's rule. big Joyce vibe, yeah. 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 <laughs> O'Doyle rules. <laughs> So Gronya was unable to inherit O'Flaherty's land, so she returned to and settled on Clare Island, her family's land. This is often portrayed as her being forced out despite her leadership abilities owing to misogynistic laws. But under the same laws, a woman was entitled to to complete control of her own property. In contrast, under English common law, any property belonging to a woman automatically became the property of her husband on marriage and the wife was granted a life interest in a percentage, usually a third of all property following his death. So that's what I was saying before. So at least she had her family's land to go back to. I think this is why England was so keen to take over Ireland because they just weren't doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they kept like letting people own stuff mm. rather than letting the Queen own everything. We're just not really comfortable with yeah. this, so we're going to invade. This is a little bit icky. <laughs> I don't like it. You're just like, I don't know, you're just like living your lives and like building your wealth and that's like, cool i guess but also oh i'm uncomfy yeah we're gonna put a stop to we're gonna that. put a stop to that i think really what should happen here is the queen should own all this and kindly rent it to you i think that's the only fair thing to do it just seems the most fair so she needs underfloor heating <laughs> she's, t- she's in cold. like a thousand rooms yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's only in one at a time yeah <laughs> for fuel we'll use some of you yeah just okay. the poor ones, okay. though. Just the poor ones, not Which the ones. Which is going to be all of you after what we do. Soon. Honestly, what an honour for you. 
You're so lucky. You're heating the the queen's feet. Oh, the queen's tootsies are warm, <laughs> thanks to your bones. So she went back to the place she'd grown up and continued the family business of piracy. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's like it's a second career, second yeah, stage in life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're 30. You know, you're so close to death. <laughs> yeah. You may as well take up some piracy. You're I now guess. alone. This is a 1500s. Hothead's gone. <laughs> This is another quote, and I, I like how it describes it. It says, An unsophisticated and opportunistic form of piracy was endemic in Ireland, comprising of short-distance raids along the coast or, or to the islands, levying tolls on passing shipping and plundering any vessel foolish enough to be unprotected. So they're just like, you're in my water, give me some money. Oh, you don't right. have any protection, I'm going to take all your stuff. So, bit of fun. Um, it's hard to know exactly how much piracy she got up to in this time, but one story I read was um, pretty damn funny. There's a, a tale that pertains to a refusal of hospitality by the Earl of Howth. She arrived at Howth Castle one evening and was refused hospitality, which was a very serious slight in Irish culture. As she was leaving, she encountered the heir and subsequently kidnapped him. <laughs> she was said to have been offered a significant amount of gold and silver that she turned down. Her terms were... Leave a side door to the castle open and always have an extra place at the table. Because <laughs> she was like, hey, I'm just, you know, passing by. And the, not, the proper thing to do would be to, you know, feed them. Um, and they were like, no. And she was like, okay, I'll kidnap your kid. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll pay for the child, please. She's like, no. Just always have a table. Set I just want my own key. The table. And apparently the door is said to still be open to this day. It's like they, they've left it open. Oh, I don't fun. know if the, how true that is now. but It's a security risk. Yeah, big old risk. Love that. But I like that, that she's like, okay. I love that, that she was willing just to kidnap a kid. Just kidnap a kid. <laughs> Didn't hurt the kid. But then was she like, honestly though, once I give the kid back, you might lock the door. So what I'm going to do is keep the kid yeah. forever. Yeah. That's my kid now. But let me in or he gets it. Yeah. Okay. But don't lock me in. <laughs> yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. That's why the door's left open. Yeah. yeah, it feels like the gamble there, right? Yeah. They, the door's open, there's a seat at the table, and then they kill you also, in, while you're yeah, yeah. eating. After all that, do you want to sit at the table and <laughs> share no. a meal with them? Yeah. Terrible company. That'd be so awkward. Yeah. Especially if the boy is there. Yeah, and he's still a bit shaky. He's just looking at you like, oh, no, she could grab me at any second. Understandably quite nervous and, yeah. and upset. Because you has kidnapped. short hair. Yeah, that is scary. Yeah. Oof. And she's, she's just like, wow, isn't this pheasant delightful? Yeah. Yum, yum, yum. More potatoes, please. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, another thing we don't really know for sure is the size of the fleet she used. Estimates vary from five to 20 vessels at any one point. Most would have been small, fast, manoeuvrable, oar and sail-driven craft, perfect for hugging the coast but unsuitable for the open sea. And that's sort of the main type of... Uh, sailing she did was sort of hugging the coast there. Mm. But but when I say like oh, 5 to 20 small ships, they I think based on um, uh, other reading, they, these were ships that held 100 people. Um, like she'd have 100 uh, soldiers or sailors on board each ship. Oh, it doesn't sound that small. No, it's pretty big. I'm picturing like a little... <laughs> A little yeah. speedboat. Or yeah, something. I was yeah. like a little tinny or nah, something. No, no, no. These are like these are big. She's got a fleet of ships going up with like a baseball bat, saying, "I could hit this boat pretty hard." <laughs> yeah, if I were you, I'd give me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> like I was initially picturing bigger ships, but then you said they were just little ships. So then I picture I went overcorrected, it went too small. Yeah, but now I've somewhere gone back in between to where I was at the start. Yeah, just start there. I just stay there. I reckon big, big ship. <laughs> you know, pretty big, not like a cruise liner. Okay. You know, there's no pool deck. 
There's no pool deck. How many water slides did she have? She did have three water slides, though. Yeah, okay. On each ship. Amazing. And they were all different. So, <laughs> as a crew member, you really wanted to, like, you know, spend a bit of time on each ship. Yeah, you never get bored. Yeah, it's very exciting stuff. Um, she allegedly took a shipwrecked sailor as her lover somewhere around this time as well. I love that phrase. Took him as her uh, yeah, lover. I took him. <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly... I've taken she, a lover. She would have literally probably yeah. taken yeah. him. Did he have any choice in the matter? Yes, I think so. Okay, she didn't kidnap his it's like, son. No, he was <laughs> Do you want to stay shipwrecked or I'll take you as my lover? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, oh, I've got a wife. This rock. <laughs> yeah, well then, shipwrecked it is. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Start sailing off. No, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> sorry, sorry, babe. Kisses to the kisses rock. Goodbye. <laughs> I love you forever. Yeah, coconuts and yeah, pretty anatomically correct. This rock. Coconut boobs. <laughs> Coconut boobs. Yep. <laughs> Full coconuts, half coconuts? Uh, half coconuts, Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. A modest lady. <laughs> <laughs> so the affair only lasted a, a brief time as he was killed by the McMahons of Ballyvoy. What? Those dastardly McMahons. Those McMahons. Seeking vengeance, Gronya attacked the McMahons' castle of Duna in Black Sod Bay. That's fun to say. And killed her lover's murderers on uh, Cahir Island. Cahir Island. But she wasn't completely satisfied with her revenge over her murdered lover, and she sailed for Ballyroy, uh, and she sailed for Ballyvoy and attacked the garrison at Duna Castle, overpowering the defenders and taking the castle for herself. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> her attack on Duna Castle earned her the nickname Dark Lady of Duna. Ah, is that where Dunas come from? I would assume so. That's cool. And we thank them for that. Bloody hell, they're snuggly. Lady of Duna, that sounds a little bit sexy. Dark Lady of Duna. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit sexy, isn't it? Yeah. Dunas and duvet is the same. Yeah. It's two different words for <laughs> it, really. It? It's what a beautiful language. Isn't we speak. it? It's fascinating. It's where, where do they call them duvets? Is that uh, England? I think and so. In Ireland, they call them Dunas, maybe. I don't know what Americans call them. Probably call them flippity flaps. Probably. No, they'd call them something. They'd call them something like or bed, like bed quilts, coverings or something. But it's not a quilt. But you'll get a quilt cover, which is a Duna cover. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> That's a thinker. Yeah, that is a thinker. thinker. Yeah. And I'm two, two questions on this episode: Why can't you ring a banana on a boat? Yeah. Yep. And what do people from North America call duvet slash dunas? Yeah. Um, if only there was somewhere we could find out. Yeah. No. We must be told by our listeners. <laughs> it's the only way. Um, in 1566, Gronya married for the second time. Her new husband was Richard Burke, another nobleman. And one of the more persistent legends states that Gronya's marriage to Richard was provisional for one year. Um, and at first I was like, I'm not sure what the benefit to either of them is with this arrangement. But I think from what I'm, I've read, this was sort of a thing you could do back then. It was like trial a marriage. Right. You could sort of you get married because you probably didn't um, date for uh, many years and then get married. It was sort of, you know, it was more of like a transaction kind of arrangement. Mm -hmm. So they'd get married and they'd see how it goes. Try before you buy. Exactly. Love that. Little trial marriage. Bit of fun. Um, so there's a story about him coming home to his castle a year after uh, they married to find his clothes packed and the doors locked. <laughs> <laughs> 
But other other stories of their later life says they presented themselves as a married couple all the way up until his death. And upon his knighthood, she took the title Lady Burke and accompanied him to official functions. Um, HistoryIsland.com says, It is possible, given the fiery personalities of both partners, that Richard upset Gronya and found himself temporarily barred from the house. So it could have just been a bit of a lover's tiff. And she's like, nah, you're out. You're out, mate. I've packed your clothes. <laughs> Fuck off. That's so funny. <laughs> I love Burke as a name as Burke's well. Lady good. Burke. I don't know if this is a common thing, but I remember as it, when I was a kid living in country Victoria, uh, adults would call um, sort of no good people Burks. Oh, uh, the Burks down the road. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. But I haven't heard that in such a long yeah. time. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, you're Burke. Yeah, Stop being a, a Burke. What a Burke. I wonder where that comes from. Yeah, I haven't heard that in ages. That well, was Burks a... down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd Couple be right. Burks. Those Burks. <laughs> Actually, turned out to be the Burke family. Yeah. yeah. Your family just had a feud with them. <laughs> every, every town had a, had a Burke family. <laughs> oh, no, the Burks have moved oh, yeah. in. Oh, the late, oh, Lady Burks here. <laughs> I mean, it is a very common name, I suppose, too, isn't it? Mm. So... Maybe it is. Maybe it, maybe your family just didn't like the Burks down the road. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> How weird! That's something that was so deep in the back of my brain. I've yeah. completely forgotten it. I don't. I don't think I've heard anyone say it for no, decades. No. How funny! Um, so the birth of the couple's only child, Tibbet, uh, is also the stuff of legend. Apparently, he was born on one of Gronya's galleys on one of her ships. The following day, the ship was attacked by Algerian pirates and Gronya is said to have risen from her bed and headed into battle. <laughs> <laughs> day after giving birth. So she has um, three kids. Sorry, four kids. During Gronya's lifetime, Ireland underwent tremendous social and political upheaval. The old Gaelic laws and customs present at her birth were swept away by the time of her death as the Tudor reconquest of Ireland took hold. Queen Elizabeth I feared her enemies, including King Philip II of Spain and Pope Pius V, would use Ireland as a backdoor to attack England. This doesn't make sense. They're not attached. But I guess you get yeah. Ireland first. Yeah, you set up in Ireland. Yeah, you get like a beautiful uh, port going. Yeah, mm-hmm. then you're nice and close. You can just get in there. It's, a, it's a, what a, I mean, it's, yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, it really is. Um, English magistrates were carrying out Queen Elizabeth I's policy of divide and conquer in Ireland. These magistrates would, would reward one chieftain with land and various gifts for help in suppressing another clan the English considered troublesome. So they'd sort of they'd bribe and, and manipulate. For Gronia, the reconquest of Ireland resulted in immense personal hardship and loss. In 1577 or 78, the Earl of Desmond took it upon himself to advance Elizabeth I's agenda and managed to capture Gronia and imprison her in Limerick for over a year. Des, you dog. Des, you fucking dog. My family used to talk about, oh, you bloody Desmond. <laughs> fucking Desmond over here. Desmond down the road. <laughs> <laughs> the dirty Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Desmond. So she's imprisoned in Limerick for a year, then moved to Dublin, where she remained a captive. She was finally released, owing to good behaviour, but more likely, there's two different versions here. It was either through the efforts of Sir Henry Sidney, who was the Lord Deputy of Ireland, who had met Gronje years before and admired her, or um, it might have been that she was aided by others, such as Sir John Perrett, an English aristocrat who objected the harsh treatment of the Irish, which was a bit of a... Uh, he was in the minority for being right. an English who was um, objecting to that treatment of the Irish. 
So one of those two men helped her and she was released. In 1584, the English naval commander Sir Richard Bingham was appointed governor um, of the area where Gronje and her extended family were located. Bingham was one of the new breeds of Puritan military men in the service of the Queen, um, says author Anne Chambers. Anne Chambers has written a big biography. She's sort of like, I think, probably still considered the leading expert on uh, Grace O'Malley on Gronje's story. So she's written a big book about it. So I've got a few quotes from her throughout this now. But yeah, Bingham, he's like... He's a bit of a dick, to be honest. His mantra was, the Irish were never conquered by words, but by swords. And he put that into action. Um, Key to complete control lay in undermining the traditional social structure of the Irish, which was based on the concept of the clan and independent chieftain. So Bingham came in and began systematically dismantling the old structure through ruthless military campaigns, bribery, and pitting one Irish lord against another. So he's just manipulating. Going in there saying, oh, did you hear what Desmond said yeah. about you last week? Oh, that's oh, embarrassing. Interesting. I thought the authorities were friends of yours, but uh, not by how they're talking yeah, about my you. goodness. Yeah, let me tell you what the Burks down the road have been up to. <laughs> <laughs> he was especially antagonistic to Gronya, a woman, as, as he wrote, who had overstepped the part of womanhood. It was particularly upsetting that Bingham had it out for her because Gronje's eldest son, Owen, had been murdered following a dispute with Captain John Bingham, the governor's brother. So her son was murdered by this guy's brother and this guy's got it out for her as well. Oh, the Binghams are all, they're shithouse. Binghams are no good. Not in this story. Bunch of pricks. So determined to avenge the murder of her son, Gronje went into rebellion. She was captured by Bingham and later testified that he caused a gallows to be built where she thought she would end her days. So he's just being a real piece of shit. Um, Such was Gronje's importance as a leader that on hearing of her capture, the Irish chieftains came together and gave hostages to ensure her release. So they did like a swap to get her out. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace (laughs) makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website and make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai (laughs) (laughs) anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, music, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. 
I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. Oh, one hundred and one. Wow. How yeah. many? One, does it go to one hundred and two? It goes all the way to one hundred and two. Wow. <laughs> you can customize everything with next generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love, and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt one hundred and one? Oh, three mil. Wow. Wow. Like per month or? Yeah, USD. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do go on. Um, Bingham retaliated by confiscating Gronya's extensive cattle and horse herds, driving her off her land and forcing her to live on her ships. <laughs> Cow stealing, that's nice. Doing a bit of Irish culture. Yeah, it's yeah a beautiful. bit of a pastime that we can all... Drove her off her land, took, the, took her castle. That's nice. I'm doing this as a tribute to you. Yeah. I'm just trying to assimilate. <laughs> I'm new here. <laughs> I'm English. You guys are Irish. I'm just trying to be like, what are you? Um, but the tipping point for Gronya occurred in 1593 when her youngest son, Tibbet, was captured by Bingham and was charged with treason and imprisoned uh, in Athlone Castle. In order to save her son's life, Gronya decided to embark on the most dangerous voyage of her career, a journey which involved sailing around the south coast of Ireland, through the Straits of Dover, and up the Thames to, to Greenwich Palace to seek a meeting with Queen Elizabeth I. I read elsewhere that her other son and her half-brother were also captured, so a lot is at stake for Gronya right now. And she is pissed. <laughs> Obtaining an audience with the Queen was no mean feat and Gronje had to utilise her shrewd political skills in order to successfully navigate the channels of the Tudor court. English state papers from the period gave an insight into the administrative process Gronje had to go through. So she had to write a petition to the Queen, which was written on Gronje's behalf by a scribe in July 1593 because Gronje didn't speak English and the Queen doesn't speak Irish, um, so it had to be sort of written for her. And Elizabeth I sent Gronje a list of questions, which were then answered in return. So there's like all this paperwork she has what? to fill out. A bit of a pre-interview. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. It was something like 15 or 18 questions or something like that. It was that. one of them like, what do you consider your greatest weakness? Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> 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 so Gronje then met with the Queen at uh, Greenwich Palace wearing a fine gown. And the two of them were surrounded by guards and the members of Elizabeth's royal court. A few kind of badass things happened at this meeting. Number one, Gronje refused to bow before the Queen because she didn't recognise her as the Queen of Ireland. And she's like, I'm not fucking bowing. <laughs> um, is that it, one of the questionnaires? Will you... Will you bow? Will you bow? Yes or no? Tick yes or no. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm assuming that's a typo. <laughs> yeah. It's a language barrier thing. No I think. one ever ticks no. Why would you say no? I'm the Queen. Bow. Um, it's also rumoured that she had a dagger concealed about her person, which guards found upon searching her. That's probably why she didn't want to bow. Like, <laughs> stab yourself. Like, Whoop. Um, but Gronje was like, oh, Queen, I'm not here to hurt you. This is for my own protection. That's a, that's a letter opener. Yeah. I just, just thought I might need to open a letter. And the Queen was like, or your guts. Or your guts, <laughs> Lizzie. I don't know. I'm just trying to speak in your language. <laughs> This is what you sound like to me. <laughs> her interpreter is Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she had a she had a knife on her, and she's like, "Oh no, this is just for my own protection." And the queen's like, "Fair enough, <laughs> <laughs> you can it. have it." So the queen's fine with it. Hand she's it not troubled by it. 
And the third thing, some also reported that Gronya had sneezed and was given a lace-edged handkerchief from a noblewoman. She apparently blew her nose into it and then threw the cloth into a nearby fireplace, much to the shock of the court. And then she was like, oh, in Ireland, a used handkerchief is considered dirty and you destroy it, which seems wasteful. Used tissues. You know what I mean? Yes, where's the Kleenex? Come on, you guys. Anyway, so uh, like I mentioned before, Gronya doesn't speak English. Queen Elizabeth doesn't speak Irish. So their conversation was conducted in their shared language, Latin. Oh, yeah. No. Latin, and that's another thing where people are like, Gronya must have been pretty well educated then to yeah. speak Latin. To be con- conversational Latin. Yeah. Fortius quo fidelius. Yep. Strength through loyalty. It's the saint's motto. That's nice. The extent of the Latin order. <laughs> so, if you said that to the Queen, strength through loyalty, she'd probably be like, "Oh, oh, cool, I'm thanks. impressed." Okay, you're saying that we should be loyal. You're loyal to me. Thank you. Oh, an ally. Or she'd say, "Sorry, that sort of sounded Latin." Yeah, what? <laughs> said it a bit weird though. What are you saying? I actually go for Essendon. <laughs> so. so embarrassing. After much talk, the women came to an agreement that included that Elizabeth would remove Bingham from his position in Ireland and Gronya would stop supporting the Irish Lord's Rebellion, pledging 200 men to her f- of her and her fleet to Elizabeth to Elizabeth I's service in keeping peace in Ireland. So she's like, I'll back off, stop fucking shit up. And Liz is like, thanks so much. I'll get Bingham out of there. And you can have your stuff back. Oh, Bingham's going to hate this. Oh, yeah, of course. He's, he's, is he like, uh, Elizabeth I, I think you're actually overstepping the boundaries of womanhood. womanhood. Okay. <laughs> um, Elizabeth I, have you got your period? <laughs> you're acting crazy. <laughs> but this arrangement obviously didn't last long. Several of Gronje's other demands, including the return of cattle and land that Bingham had stolen from her, remained unmet. And Bingham took his sweet-ass time releasing the prisoners. He was certain that Gronje would not keep her side of the bargain. And she proved him right by lending her ships to the Irish rebels um, at the outbreak of the Nine Years' War in 1593. Although contrary to the 20th century claims, there is no evidence she fought in that war herself on either side. But she definitely provided them with ships and she seemed to have encouraged her sons, at least Tibbet, to fight for Elizabeth I against... Uh, the Irish. So oh. it's they're not really sure. They so think she gave boats to one side and yeah. a son to the other side. And like, and that I think is um, that sort of soured her reputation amongst later Irish historians. And I yeah. think partly that might be why she was sort of a bit written out of Irish history. But a lot of English records had mention of her. Yeah. And so it sort of came out much later that uh, all all the things that she'd done. I had such deja vu going on when you're talking about that meeting with the queen have you told that story in another episode something for some reason no No. not this particular meeting no yeah i just remember there being an irish i don't know maybe i mean it's also possible i've done this exact report before (laughs) i wouldn't know (laughs) i have no idea Maybe yeah, maybe I just heard that story before. Yeah, maybe. I do have a book at home that uh, it's about. It's called Rebel w- Women. Ah. Uh, and I think there is a chapter on her. Maybe I'm starting to think. I was thinking you were going to say I've got a book at home of people who have fucked over the Queen because you hate the Queen and you would love to read those stories. I think you about to say you had a book on Rebel Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I so don't we know. all had different thoughts. <laughs> yeah, we all had different thoughts. <laughs> you thought, yeah. <laughs> you really just think I love a non sequitur so yeah. much. Anyway, I've been dying to tell you about this <laughs> Rebel Wilson book. This feels like a good opportunity as I'll get. That's, that's fucking great. I love it. 
Um, so Bingham proved reluctant to comply with his monarch's wishes, realising that his uh, adversary had been granted leave to return to sea without having to provide uh, hostages or, or you know, good behaviour. He ordered troops to accompany her and stationed a detachment on her land, obliging her to feed them. So he's just put like a bunch of troops on her land and now they're there so she's you know, as per custom at the time, she has to provide for them all, um, which put her on the brink of poverty. So Gronier again appealed to Elizabeth, her friend, the Queen. In 1595, she sailed to London where she requested to be allowed uh, to secure my life. Uh, a commission was appointed to investigate her claims and Bingham, fearing new charges, which had just been laid against him, fled to England and was imprisoned. So she kind of went and, I guess, dobbed on him. <laughs> Yeah, good. And again, it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of hard to uh, fill in a lot of these gaps because it is so long ago and it's not like we don't have diary entries and we don't have pictures and stuff like that. So it's it's an interesting one. I'm not surprised Dave was a fan of dobbing. He's got big dobbing energy. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah I will you say would have been a dibber dobber. <laughs> dobbing. That's okay. Snitching. Snitching's all right, but then... Snitching's all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I'm like, that makes sense. You dob on this guy who's being a dick. But then his plan of having charges laid against him then going to the country... That's laying charges. That's laying charges to get imprisoned. Yeah, he's what a, a bit dumb. What a dumb shit. <laughs> if you're going to flee, go to go somewhere else. Yeah. Where are you thinking? <sighs> Mexico? Me- Maldives. Oh, yeah. that'd be nice. Beautiful. Very expensive, though. Yes, it is, but worth it. Oh, Those views. It. I'd love to do that just once. Do you want to go? Do you want to go? Um, only if you marry me. Yeah. Okay, maybe for our honeymoon. <laughs> I'll book out 600 sweets. <laughs> 600 sweets for my sweets. <laughs> I've got 600 of them. <laughs> I'm very tired. <laughs> so not too much is known about the final 10 years of her life. She continued to be a target by both the English and those fighting the English. Um, it's believed that she died of natural causes uh, in 1603, which would mean she made it into her 70s. Great. Which so, is a great innings. So when she had that second career at 30, she wasn't that close to death, but she didn't know that, obviously. No. I mean, yeah, her husband had already gone. Yeah, no, no guarantees. Like, yeah. Following her death, Gronje's accomplishments were written out of the historical records and only folklore kept her memory alive. Anne Chambers explains, succeeding generations of Irish historians wanted to portray Gaelic womanhood in a certain way. Gaelic women had to be patriotic, usually Roman Catholic and charitable. Grace O'Malley, as she says, however, uh, who had challenged the social, religious and political conventions and who, di- and who did not readily conform to the patriotic, God-fearing and dutiful picture of Gaelic womanhood, promoted by later generations of historians was consequently airbrushed from history. So she didn't match what what felt good. So they were sort of like, no, nah, don't worry about her. But there were, however, records of her in English state papers, without which the detail of the details of Gronya Niwalia life would not have been survived. So we wouldn't know this story. In the past forty years, Gronya's life has received increasing attention from both commercial and academic sources. Um, Anne Chambers' book has played no small part in reviving interest in the so-called Pirate Queen, who has since inspired songs, artwork, plays, a short film, and numerous uh, videos about her life. And she is regarded today as one of the most significant figures of the 16th century Irish history. 
Here's what Anne Chambers says about her findings about Gronya. She says, I set out to find the woman behind the image of the pirate queen and what a woman she was, as well as a leader of, of private army by land and sea, intrepid seafarer, rebel, pirate, political tactician. Grace O'Malley was also a daughter, wife twice over, mother of four children, divorcee, lover, a grandmother and a matriarch. One would have to say, some woman for one woman. <laughs> She was, that's pretty good, but she was padding there. Yeah. She, a daughter? A oh, daughter. that's pretty unique for Divorcee. a Divorcee. A human. Mother. Grandmother. Um, person. Person. Uh, um, brunette. <laughs> uh, pisser, shitter. Yeah, she did all those. She Eater. ate food. She, she did it all. It's a lot of woman for one woman. <laughs> <laughs> What's the final line again? Some woman for... Oh, hang on. What was it? <laughs> it was... Some woman for one woman. Some woman That's for some one woman for one woman. Not sure. I that think quite a lot works. of women for one woman makes more sense, yeah, doesn't it? That's a lot of women for one woman. Yeah, you know, like that's a lot of things to accomplish and it was just one person. Yeah. Even though the last seven were daughter, divorcee, yeah. mother, lover, um uh, like uh, other things. <laughs> uh dog owner. Ferret owner. Ferret owner. Bracket ferret owner. Um, uh, I guess at some point she Cow probably, stealer. Yeah, bought milk. Uh, so, milk buyer. Yeah, shopper. Shopper. Uh, shoppy. <laughs> shipper. Shipper. <laughs> <the> skipper. <laughs> so, there you go. That is the story of Grace O'Malley, the Irish pirate queen. Uh, that's some woman for one woman. <laughs> well, that is fantastic. I think you should call this episode "Some Woman for One, one Woman," and I think people go, "Oh, oh, I Talking know." Grania, <laughs> is Grania? Sounds like a meal you'd order. Grania I'll have Wale? the uh, "Some Woman for One Woman." <laughs> I hope um, to our Irish listeners, I hope that uh, you know, at least in part, uh, was it you know, a, a, a tribute you wanted. Uh, it is it is a tough one, you know, when that's a story that's passed down in folklore. It's something that you probably know more intimately than. What I what is sort of available to online and and for somebody who hasn't grown up there, I don't know. I'm very interested to hear if that was a story you knew quite well, or if it's just sort of a, a name that is, um, you know, quite familiar to you. And again, apologies for probably butchering a few of those Irish uh, places and names. But you had a go. I really tried, and I'm not uh, not laughing at you like American talk show hosts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's funny. I think it's a beautiful language. Just works in different ways to. The language I speak. It's very cool. I thought it was a great report. I thought it was fantastic. So glad to hear. I, I want. I really wanted to do that episode. That's why I kept putting it, putting it up for the vote. Um, yeah, it won with like fifty something percent of the uh, vote this sick. time. Yeah, um, really great. took it out. Well, so glad to finally hear about her life. Um, but I think that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, huh. uh, where we thank a bunch of our supporters. Who make this show possible? Uh, without them, I don't think we'd exist. We couldn't. So I uh, really uh, enjoy spending the last half an hour or so of each episode. Thirty to forty minutes. 
giving them the love they deserve. Mm-hmm. 30, 40 minutes each time. Some people say it's getting longer and longer. It's not no, getting it's longer. Not it's always all. been 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> well, I honestly think it is getting longer because you have to put this, <laughs> no, this is <laughs> asterisk <laughs> at the start of everyone yeah. now. It's getting seven seconds longer. Uh, but if you want to get involved, you can sign up at patreon.com slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com. And uh, yeah, there's a bunch of different levels depending on your budget and, and all those sort of things and different rewards. Uh, different levels. What are some of the rewards you can get there, Dave? We're doing three bonus episodes a month at the moment and have for a while. So if you support us straight away, you get at a certain level, 140 bonus episodes we've already put out. You can listen to all of those, the back catalogue, and then we'll put out three more every single month. We'll also welcome you into the private Facebook group. What many have described as the nicest corner yeah. of the internet. The, the the internet's lounge. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. Very gentle energy in there. That's right. You get to vote for topics and a topic like this that we want to do a lot. We'll put up a few times because we really want to get it in there. Yeah. Oh, isn't that funny that Matt had put it up before and I... Yeah, and then I put it up this time because we don't know what the others are. No, that's right. We keep it a secret. I actually had never seen this one in the hat, so that's why I was so interested to hear it. Yeah, cool. I knew nothing of that story. But I kind of like it when it's happened before where it's been something I've put up and so you've read like the elevator pitch of it Mm. and then one of you's done the topic and I'm like, oh, I know about this. And then I'm like, no, I know one tiny bit of it. So it's cool. Um, yeah, we love it. And you get to control, not control, but you get to contribute on what we what we talk about. Exactly. Um, and another thing uh, you get to do if you're on the Sydney Scheinberg level, you get to give us a fact, a quote or a question. That's the section we're going to do right now. I think this one actually even, even has a little jingle, goes something like this. Fact, quote or question. Ding. He always remembers the ding. Yeah, and a long ding. For <laughs> this section. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, pe- uh, Not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> subscribers <laughs> on the City Schoenberg level get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, or a brag or a suggestion, or whatever they like, really. They also get to give themselves a title. I read them out for the first time on the show, so uh, yeah. Be, be gentle, is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so defensive about that. I'm like, hey, in case it sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, all right, so the first one comes from Gaddy G. From the UK. Gary J. Uh, Gary J. Dave, do you want to say Gary J? Hi, Gary J. <laughs> and uh, Gary's given himself the title of Amateur Alternative Fact Finder. Ooh. And Gary J. So is that like a new category? Like I get to say if something's a fun fact. Does he get to say if it's an alternative fact? Oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's fun. So Gary Ooh, has alternative. given us a fact writing just a new fact for NC, <gasps> possibly short for North Carolina. Probably. If you wanted to mix up the blue fire engine one. Oh, that's okay. Okay. See, so saying that they have blue fire engines in North Carolina, that's, that's fine. That's very interesting. Uh, Gary goes on to say, in North Carolina, there's a golf club where you can get llamas to caddy for you. What? <laughs> Scenic Sherwood Forest Golf Club is a... 2,260-yard par 3, 18-hole layout that is one of the best-maintained courses in Western North Carolina. Plus, there's shitloads of llamas around. What? But when when paying for the caddy, make sure you don't get fleeced. Stop me if you've heard this before. He spelt herd, H-E-R-D. Oh, my God, Gary, yes. And then said sorry for the puns. <laughs> Never apologize for puns. I love to hear them because I think each time <laughs> it brings me a little bit closer to understanding what a pun is. Um, so that's yeah. cr- that's great. Presumably they've gone for a 
Sherwood Forest or Robin Hood themed. Yeah. And then they've gone with llamas. llamas. <laughs> I love that. I don't remember seeing llamas in the uh, animated Robin Hood. It was foxes for sure. Yeah. Foxes. But in both senses of the word. Oh my god, Robin Hood could get it. Um, that is very cute. I'm just looking it up, they've got a 4.7 star rating on Google.com. That's pretty good. Whoa. From 70 reviews, you can trust that. Uh, Looks good. Looks from good. 70 reviews, not bad. Not bloody bad <laughs> and then the second image you'll see. Llama? Is it a llama? <laughs> you better believe uh, it. Llama! Llama caddy. Carrying your shit. What if, the, what if like while you're taking a swing, llama just wanders off? Yeah. I'm assuming you've got to walk the llama around. And I, I've never had a caddy... But, because, like, that's only at really at fancy clubs, I think. You're not fancy? No. Do you want me to come caddy for you? <laughs> yes. Okay. But no, one of the things caddies do is, like, give you help. They yeah. give you advice and stuff. Yeah. Oh, like, what, what, what iron to use. Yeah, exactly. what, club, what club, how far to go and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I wonder if the llamas are that well trained. Stomp three times for a, a three iron. <laughs> Would you say a caddy's a bit like a coach? Yeah, I think like so. Like an assistant coach kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I don't think caddies get enough respect. No, th- like th- the word caddy sort of puts them down a bit. Like totally. Oh, you're just a caddy. You're just carrying my clubs. You're like but a you're little right, lackey. Especially at a pro level. They're like, they're your teammate. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah I know the, the guy who was, I think it was an Aussie guy, was Tiger Woods caddy for a lot of his wins. Oh. And then he started caddying for Adam Scott and Adam Scott won the Masters. It's like, I don't think that's a coincidence. Would you get paid all right as a caddy? Just looking I it up now. I think you get now. a cut, like 10% or something, maybe. Get fucked. I actually have no idea. That's a, a guess. Top five highest paid caddies for 2020. Jimmy Johnson, $500,000. Oh, Ooh. that's not bad at all. To spend your life touring around and walking on some of the most pristine like golf courses. Yeah, every day world. is just a nice walk in the in the. Bloody hell, God. Imagine you got your Fitbit on. Count those steps. Oh, Thank you very thank much. Thank you, hey? Love that. It's sort of like when you're um, like, because, you know, people will either volunteer or they, they get paid very little to like uh, umpire or ref, social sports, kids sports, stuff like that. But then if you're in the big leagues, imagine if like you're one of the best like tennis umpires and you just tour the world Ugh. umpiring the big tennis championships. What a joy that That'd would be. That'd be fucking sick. That would be cool until you get yelled at tennis racket. Oh, yeah. It's you. a terrible job, actually. And then I'm thinking of like football umpires. They run so far in a game. They run so much. God, no, nah, no thanks. I like my sedentary job. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you're unlike Jimmy Johnson, who's been inducted into the Caddy Hall of Fame. Are you wow. fucking kidding me? In August last year. Any llamas in there? Or alpacas or whatever, whatever not, they were? They not were that llamas. I'm seeing. Okay, oh. well, not yet. Not exactly. Yet. Are you sure Jimmy Johnson's not a llama? Well, have you confirmed I what species confirm. is Jimmy Johnson? That's one of the most searched terms, actually. <laughs> That's fascinating, Gary J. You started a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful little tangent there. I enjoyed that very much. I'd call my llama caddy Arnold Llama, like an Arnold Palmer. That's great, Arnold Palmer. And the drink? Yeah, I was named I, after I him. immediately went to drink and forgot it was after a golfer. Arnold Llama's very good. That's good. I Ooh. would go. <laughs> Llama Dama Ding Dong, <laughs> personally. That's even better, <laughs> easily. Llama Dama Ding Dong, pass us the I love you, Llama Dama Ding Dong. You are my best friend. I'd call mine Jimmy Johnson. Oh, okay, that's good. That's yeah, good that's too. Yeah. Tribute. Jimmy what the would, Llama Johnson. <laughs> what would you call your llama? 
Let us know <laughs> in the comments below. Uh, the next one comes from Colin Wright, aka Actually Lee Wright, part two of the Bragg Brothers. <laughs> Bragg Brothers. Loving it. And, uh, Bring it on, love a brag. Colin writes, A little while ago, my brother updated you on getting into grad school for marriage and family therapy. Now I would like to add a brag of my own. I work at a professional theatre in Sandy, Utah. I've been a stage technician for the last year and a half, but before the pandemic, I worked in lighting and I'm studying lighting design in college. So I'm very happy to announce that after many emails and an in-person interview for a lighting position, I didn't uh, a lighting position I didn't get and seriously considering leaving this job several times, I started work as a lighting board operator and day crew lighting tech last week yes. at the same theater. Yes. It's been awesome. I love every minute of lighting and legitimately can't believe I'm getting paid to do it sometimes. Yes. That's great. That's so good. So that's Lee writing that? Uh, that's Colin. So was it Colin that bragged last time and this is Lee? What was the, the title was actually Lee? Oh, my gosh. It is actually Is that right? Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, so you understood what that means. Yeah. So Colin was <laughs> the one who was uh, studying... Um, got into the the course and was really excited about that. I remember that. Um, and Lee doing lighting design. That's sick. Uh, finally, Lee says, an additional fun fact. My first lighting internship was when I first started listening to Do Go On and my first episode was the Wright Brothers for semi-obvious reasons. I think he, he's a fan of flight. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. That's so cool. Lee Wright, fan of flight. Congratulations, Lee. That's huge. That's really exciting. Congratulations, Lee. That's a really cool, like, um, I always like, every time you go to the theatre and stuff and you're like, well, there's lighting cues and all the, I'm oh. actually always very interested in the stagecraft. Yeah. I mean, imagine without them, you'd hardly see anything. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> I'm just looking. Think about it. On Google.com and Sandy, Utah, there's multiple theatres with a 4.9 star rating. Wow. I can only assume. Have they had at least 70? Yeah, one of them's had 6.9 thousand reviews. Whoa. That's enough to get a good gauge. That's so many reviews. Yeah. That's Thank the Hale Centre Theatre. Is that your one? We'll never know. That's awesome. Let us know, Lee. Great job, Lee. So there's many with many Thank with you. high star. Th- Thank you, Lee. Next one comes from Betsy Ann. Okay, captaining the charge of the Lighten Up Brigade. Lighten up. <laughs> uh, Betsy has is asking a question. Writing, I guess th- this is a special one. I haven't read them until I read them, in case we don't have any good answers. This question stems from Matt's post in the Facebook group, oh, the nicest corner of the internet, Hello. about favourite flowers. This is the kind of stuff we get up to in there. <laughs> it's very gentle. <laughs> Uh, because one of my favourites is the giant lilac in my garden, particularly Ooh. during the spring bloom when it's just alive with honey and bumblebees. I love to sit under the bush listening to and watching the bees, despite being slightly terrified since I'm allergic to being stung. Oh, oh gosh. My question to you is, do you, any of you have something silly like this that you have a love-hate relationship with? Oh, oh I really th- thought this was going to go favourite flowers. Flower. And I had answers locked and loaded um, that you have a funny love-hate relationship with. Why? I mean, so many things, just depending on if I've eaten or not. <laughs> um, you know, I, then I can be very grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly hate things I love very much. 
I th- I've got. I, you just made me think that because when you're grumpy, you want a coffee. I reckon, yeah. I've got a love hate relationship with coffee. Yeah. I I really enjoy the taste. Makes you shit yourself. I love the feeling. Well, a gentleman never shits. Um, <laughs> make you shit yourself. You love the feeling of <laughs> shitting yourself? No, no. I think you're misunderstanding. I just love. I, lo- I like a bit of a buzz. Got a lot of feeling. Here it God, comes. I love shitting myself. But I. Um, you've been very uncouth today, you two. I can't see any negative so far, Matt. Yeah, so far. So, so we got the but love, it, but it's the and then but the crash. Uh, mm. I get a big coffee crash. Do you just have more coffee? Idiot. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Never stop drinking like, keep, coffee. Keep the buzz going. Yeah. When I'd, you crash, go to bed. I'd no, say no. the Saints, they're another one. <laughs> Bit of yeah. a love. I, lo- I love them, uh, but man, they hurt me sometimes. Yeah. I would say the same for having a puppy. <laughs> 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 He's fine now, but oof. There was a solid year there of, oh my God, you're trying to kill me. <laughs> but I love you so much. Um, that's very interesting. I don't think. I can't think of any. I can't think of anything else. I can think of one way you think, yeah. and that is there's a bakery near where I work, and I love their pies so much. Mm. But so does everyone else, <laughs> and they sell out often before midday. And I have this thing where I just think, just put more on, <laughs> make more pies. This happens every <laughs> fucking day. It's just it's the it's a terrible business model. Yeah, you're right. And they can make so much more money. Oh, I find it so frustrating that they just don't put like there is this clearly a supply and demand going on. You yeah. found out what the demand is, increase the supply. So I don't get there at. At 11.55 and they go, sorry, we're all out of hot food. Would you like a sandwich? No! No, I wanted a pie. No, I wanted a pie. That's what I came for. When I get the pie, because uh, it is sort of 50-50 whether you get one, it is kind of more satisfying. Yeah. And uh, just yesterday, I got the last pie. The last pie. Which was great, but then... As I'm walking out, someone said, do you have any pies? And the lady pointed to me and said, he just got the last one. Okay, no. Oh, don't. don't, don't. I'm going to get tackled in the street by this man. That's not fair. What kind of pie was it? Uh, it wasn't my second favourite. My favourite is their beef. Uh, beef. It's sort of like a stroganoff type thing in a pie. But uh, I got the chicken and mushroom. Okay. Which oh. was very good. But yes, I find it so frustrating that beef they sell out. stroganoff. They sell out so every day. Good. I mean, I don't know what beef stroganoff is, but it's a great name. Sounds great. fun to say, beef isn't it? Beef stroganoff. Yeah. Oliver Clark uses it in one of his classic routines. <laughs> beef stroganoff. That's right. Uh, thank <laughs> you. That was a good question, Betsy. Great question. Glad we had. Sometimes the questions like that, we battle to come up with anything because we haven't done any pre-thinking. But we uh, think we gave you something there, Betsy. All right? You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for the question. No, I, lo- I love the. Qu- I'm a big fan of the questions. Yeah, me too. I'm a fan of all of it. I like it when I they like brag. The variety. Yeah. Well, if you like a brag, and I love this last <gasps> yes. one. It's from Jacob Giron. Mm-hmm. Is that a soft G- soft G? I think we do this every, every time. Every time. The softest. Jacob Giron. Jacob Giron. Jacob Giron. 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 Son. Two Giron. Jacob is aka. JFK's long-lost son, Mr. Resident. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Resident. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I get it, but I love it. (laughs) It's taking the pee off. Okay. Mr. Resident. Happy birthday, Mr. Resident. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jacob, I'm, I'm really so tired him. and I'm losing my mind. Uh, Jacob 
Braggs. Hey guys, I am once again hoping Matt said my name the French way, which once again is the best way. <laughs> I'm here with a brag this time. By the time you're reading this, my fiance and I will have completed our first ever LA marathon. Oh, congratulations. 26.2 miles. Far worth. out. Uh, Dave, what's that in Ks? It's 42 something for a marathon. Yeah, which Close I reckon enough. that's even more, right? It, it, yeah, we do 42 point something, right? But yeah, I think so. 26 miles is... Oh, no, it, no, I don't know. No, it's less. Whatever. Because um, it's 1.6 times. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I will can confirm that it is the same distance. Okay. 26.2 is 42.195 kilometers. Oh, yeah. Kilometers. Great. No I do not understand maths. I was doubling it in my head. And that was equaling 42 when it's actually 52. And ah. I'm like, it's less than that. Whatever. <laughs> no one needs to hear my working out for a <laughs> sum I got wrong. Do you, you want to know how many uh, nanometers it is? Yes, please. No, oh. yeah, no you don't. That's big for me. <laughs> uh, Jacob goes on. Training has been grueling and I will never be running again. Yep, fair. I listen to you guys a lot on my runs because the laughter dulls the pain. <laughs> Wanted to say congrats to Dave on his marriage. Thank you. My invite must have been lost in the mail. Well, the good news is that soon I'll be marrying you <laughs> as well as everyone else. So. Wow. Surely Matt and Jess can stop with the V jokes. Absolutely I, not. How dare you? You're making a real assumption there, Jacob. Yeah, really. I honestly wouldn't be making that assumption. <laughs> uh, it's going to happen, guys. I believe in him. No, that's... That's a nah. Anyway, sorry for such a long message. Keep doing what you guys do, and most of all, keep it saucy. Cheers. Keep hey, it saucy. Cheers to you, Jacob. Love your catchphrase of "keep it saucy." Thank you, Jacob. Uh, LA Marathon. Well, congratulations. Yeah, huge. That's a ma- that's an amazing effort. Well done. Another thing we like to do, Bob, is shout out to a few of other our other great supporters. You normally come up with a bit of a game, oh, something I to do. do with the topic. Um. Some maybe what they're the queen of. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. What they're the royalty of. Great. Love that very much. Well, if I can kick it off, if you don't mind. Please. I'd love to thank from High Wickham in Western Australia, Tamara Potts. Tamara Potts is the uh, queen of paper. Oh, paper queen. Oh, okay. A bit of origami going on here? Yep. Bit of everything. Bit of uh, collage on the go. Sort of like the Genie Pratt of like, Western Australia. And you're, if you're like, think of the many different types of paper. Queen of all of them. Wow. Wow. Toilet Quit. paper. Crepe paper. Tissue paper. Printing ma- paper. Money. Printing paper. Money. Low GSM, high GSM. Yes. All of those things. Yep. So uh, it's actually... Mache. Paper mache, that's correct too. So yeah, it's actually a pretty big deal. Not magazines though. Not magazines. Liquid no. paper. <laughs> Liquid paper, yes. Yep. Paper weights? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> How fucking dare you? Got pa- you tomorrow, boss. Paper view. Sorry, I just saw <laughs> boxing matches. A box of paper up there, and I saw it. And I just I panicked, and neither of you were helping. 
It's fun to watch you panic. I know it is fun, actually. It's fun to panic. I'd also love to thank from Triorki, apologies for the pronunciation, in Great Britain, Chris Williams. Chris Williams, king or queen of the desert. Oh, that's yes. good, actually. Yeah, got a real mummy vibe about that, hey? Yeah, I love that. Mm-mm-mm. Could just go with monarch of the desert. Yeah, the monarch. monarch. That's good. Otherwise, it goes... Let's make a monarch of things. King or queen is too long. Yeah, yeah, let's just make a monarch. Bow down to me. I am the monarch of the desert. King and queen, very gendered also. You know? Let's go with monarch. Yeah, they should have called him the scorpion monarch. Oh, that's fucking good. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking, do you remember that? There was a like a, a Sunday night ABC kind of program called Monarch of the Glen. Yes. <laughs> what was? Oh, it was a, yeah, it was like a... That's sort of like a prodigal son kind of thing, having to come back to look after his country estate. Ah. And it was a you know a, a wacky group of misfits, <laughs> that kind of oh, right classic. Okay. It feels like it go before or after Foyle's War. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and finally, for me, I'd love to thank from ooh address unknown. <gasps> can only assume. Oh my goodness! From deep within the fortress of the moles, Chris Smith. Back to back Chris's. That feels good. Monarch of the brick. <laughs> <laughs> just, just names things she sees. <laughs> but it sounds fun. Monarch of the brick. Monarch of the brick. Should I stop? Should is I that stop? Just a single brick, or is that does that mean something else? Well, the single brick is like a is a special brick, and it's more of a symbolic brick. Yes, but it symbolizes all brick. Wow. Oh, right. Do you have to like bow to or kiss the brick or something? <laughs> No, they put a hat over the brick. <laughs> <laughs> and the brick is technically the monarch, but somebody has to carry that yes. that brick around. My lord. <laughs> lord Brick. Lord Brick. Chris Smith, monarch of the brick. So sorry, Chris. That was a bit of fun, wasn't it? Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I'd love to thank some people, if I may. I'd love you too. I would love to thank from Swanston in uh, Great Britain. Chris, Heather, another Chris. Three Chris's in a row. Three what are the Chris's. Odds of that? That's amazing. Wow. Uh, all right, let's see. Monarch of the Sky. Monarch wow. of the Sky. Yeah. Sky Monarch. Yeah, yeah, that's a, wow. it's a, it's a big jurisdiction. They're huge. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, you know how, uh, like, Dave, you might notice this. If you're walking your dog and they, like, come across another dog's shit, they'll piss on it. So, like, they, they pee where other dogs pee to sort of, like, Mark their territory and sort of be like uh, overpower that smell. So they piss on shit. Sometimes no, my Humphrey won't piss on shit. He'll sniff shit and then go, oh, oh yeah, and okay. then keep walking. Goose will piss all over that. Um, <laughs> but sometimes Goose will stop and and he always pees on bird shit. And I'm like, are you trying to dominate the sky? Wow, you can't. <laughs> I mean, you've named him after a bird. That's true. Maybe actually, he's confused. oh, he's probably confused. Probably yeah. thinks he's a bird. Or does he think it's like? Is he sort of like a big Kev cleaning kind of guy? You know, how <laughs> white wine cleans red wine. Maybe he thinks piss cleans up shit. Yeah, and he's just trying to clean up the footpath. Yeah. So this is embarrassing. <laughs> big Kev. Oh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. excited. Oh, Big Kev. There Rest you go. in peace. Um, so Chris, Chris Heather, the monarch of the sky. Monarch of the sky. It's a big territory, but yeah. an important one. Yeah, yeah. Does that include space or is there like a, a point no, where... No, it's up to the just the atmosphere. Yeah, sky's got a ceiling. Come yeah. on. Yeah, Stratosphere, so maybe. The question is, what happens when the sky is over the desert? Because we've got two Chris's, both v- vying yeah. as monarchs. Yeah, yeah. Is there a bit, like, obviously, there's a border between the two. That's right, yeah. Where is that? Where's the border? I know a- Alistair Trombo Birchall and Andy Matthews in one of their shows had a joke about <laughs> the sky starts like a, <laughs> like a centimetre off the ground. <laughs> 
Is <laughs> 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 that one of their engineering shows? Yeah, they're, they're so funny. Very funny. funny. Uh, um, who else would you like to thank, Bopper? I would love to thank from Margaret in MA, Massachusetts. I reckon. Margaret. I would love to. Th- oh, wait. Is it Maryland? Th- no. Oh, no, I think that's MD, Maryland. Yeah, I think it's MA. I would love to thank Margaret Krupp. Maine, maybe? Margaret Krupp. Margaret what a Krupp. name. Sorry, we missed that, didn't we? Margaret's from Margaret. I, well, I'm thinking, because tr- I'm trying to Google Margaret MA, and I don't know if I don't know if it's a place. Margaret from Margaret. It's Massachusetts. MA. Yeah, and that's what I fucking said. And I know. you never trust me. Isn't it? It's interesting because alphabetically it should have gone to Maine, but obviously Massachusetts was more powerful. Massachusetts. Margaret Krupp. How good is that name? Margaret Krupp. I I'm going to bow out a little bit of, of my naming things because I am just giving them shit things from around this room. Uh, monarch of the Beasts. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Is that like all kind of animals or is this in a sort of a parallel world? Where just Beasts. Okay. So I think of an animal and I'll tell you if it's a beast. A uh, cow. Mm, yeah, okay, big one. Yeah, yep. big cow is a beast. Small cow. Beast of fuck bird. off. Lion? Beast. Bear. Beast. Wombat. Wombat. Mm, too cute. Okay. Echidna. No. Okay. So just big animals. They're quite big. They're what about Knuckles the Echidna from Sonic the Hedgehog? Okay, it's a beast. Yeah. What about Sonic the Hedgehog? Beast. Okay. Okay. Simba the lion. Mm, small when beast. he's small. When he's a child. He will become a beast. Future beast. Future. Nala <laughs> the lion when she's hot. Beast. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, she was hot. Tell you what. Jeez, mm. they, their chemistry just popped right off the screen. I had a Simba and Nala toy, like the two plush animals, and they had magnets in their noses and you could stick their noses together like they kissed. That was a toy for children. It's weird. Make them kiss. <laughs> Why? Super weird. Why'd you do that? Make those, make those lions kiss. Yeah. <laughs> May those children lions kiss. Uh, oh, they're the children version. Yeah, it's just like kid version. Oh, That's no. fucking weird, isn't That's it? Weird. Just thought of that. Why did? I, yeah. Why did I have that? Well, what a strange explains, toy choice. That explains why you've turned out how you have. Can you also make them like you just make them kiss the fridge and hang, yeah. hang on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lion. So we all out. wish we could do. Kiss right that fridge. You can Thank stick you. Stick a magnet on your lips. Make them kiss you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you to Margaret Krupp. And uh, finally, for me, I would love to thank from Dublin, in Ireland, Graham Monaghan. Oh, this is great. Obviously, we had a very Irish theme this week. And I think, Graham, you've got the Monaghan spelling of my family as well. Ooh, could be a, a Rello. Mm. Graham Monaghan, Monarch. Of the seeds. Oh. Yeah. Which ones? All of them. Sea or seed? Seas. Okay, cool. Just checking. <laughs> of the and seed. seeds. Seed and seas. Okay. Oh, my God. Both. Yeah. Because there's so many types of seeds. So, a lot of uh, Graham's jurisdiction includes bird shit. Um, What's the seed in there? A lot of seed in there. But also, like... Uh, Tops of bread. Does Graham's jurisdiction end... When a seed becomes a plant, or does he then also sort of have jurisdiction over all crops? No, no, that's where it gets. Yeah, he he has it. He can take cash off you when it's if you're trading seeds. Yeah, but not crops. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I wonder uh, who's got the crops. Well, let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Graham. <laughs> I would love to thank now. Also from location unknown, oh, surname unknown. <gasps> Big shout out. You know who you are. 
Callum. 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 What about uh, Monarch of Internet Privacy? Whoa. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. very good at their job. Yeah. Uh, maybe they have a VPN. <laughs> they have two. Wow. At the same time. Whoa. Whoa. Double Ca- VPN. It's how they cancel each other out. Yeah, so. it goes back to where they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, your data <laughs> is very accessible. Callum. Hey, but data's actually more or accessible. Or is that what Callum wants you to think? Whoa. Yeah, that's right. Because there's actually a third <gasps> VPN. So good, that Callum. That is good. That master. is good. Good work, Callum. I would now like to thank from. Is this <laughs> from Wirral? Remember, we had a, I had someone who was Warrell from Wirral in a report once. Oh. Wirral in Great Britain. Warrell from Wirral. Are you related? We don't know because the surname is again unknown. It's Steph. Steph, Steph. monarch of your mum. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking got ya. <laughs> It's hard to know exactly what that means. No, but, but mums know. Yeah. So, S- Steph's just the monarch of... Just of Steph's mum or of all mums? Well, yeah, I guess. It, no, she... Because that's what Steph calls herself. She's, I'm the monarch of your mum. What are you, the monarch of Steph? Your I'm mom. the monarch of your mum. So, it's all mums? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a lot of people. Uh-huh. <sighs> That's a big, uh, big job there, Steph. Hope, uh, hope you're up to the top. Great task. work, Steph. Now I think maybe Warrell from Wirral was another shout out we did, and I just loved it. Anyway, that name is stuck with me forever. Okay. And finally, I would like to thank from British Columbia in Canada, from the city of Victoria. It is Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith. Second Smith today. Three Chris's, two Smiths. <laughs> what a, what a time we're having. Um. All right, I'm gonna. I'll allow you. Jump back in, fine. Oh, no, okay, okay. I don't right. think I can because all I've got is like water bottle. All right, one, one. So you can't think of anything that's not in this room. Yeah. One bit each. All right, Dave. I'll I'll middle it. Okay, here. I'll do monarch. All right. Of the. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dave. Monarch of the blue. Fire Brigade. <laughs> oh, Whoa. that worked out well. Did you, were you going there already? No, I was already going to Fire That's Brigade. That's weird. <laughs> Just like in North Carolina. That's crazy. That's right. And every Fire Brigade needs a monarch, as we all know. Another fun fact about North Carolina I learned recently was that there's a golf course there called <laughs> Scenic Sherwood Forest oh. Golf Course, and their caddies there are llamas. Matt, that's a crazy fact. That Where did you hear up. that? Okay, sounds made I can't up. I remember. Okay, wow. That sounds like an alternative fact. I will yeah. not credit the source. <laughs> credit the source. What song is that? <laughs> Cherish the thought. Cherish oh, the... Oh, Madonna. Yeah. Love that. All right. Well, there's no triptych inductees this week, so that Thank brings God. us to the I end book a band. of the episode. <laughs> well, you, don't, you never book a band. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I think there will be some triptych inductees next week. So, Dave, hopefully you didn't book a band either. Is there a band sitting there's out? Still, no, there's a band every week for the people that are already here. Right. Who did you book this week? Um, I booked um, uh, Boyzone. Wow. Irish? I believe so. You just went for, to, to Irish? Yeah, I was trying to think of an Irish band that wasn't you too. Yeah. They hate you too. What a beautiful tribute to the Pirate Queen. Pirate Boy Queen. Boyzone with couldn't Ronan. Even, couldn't even get Enya. <laughs> I think we've had her before. Or Bewitched. Couldn't get Bewitched? Some people say I look like me dad. What about Boyzone? Or the Cause. Or the Cause. Boyzone opening for Bewitched. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. 
Say you will. Say you won't. Say you'll do what I want. Say you will. Say you Say la vie. I also have another one. The rain goes on, on and on again. It's a good one. That sounds great. Great work. And they're back together. They were together from 97 to 2002, but in 2012, they're reunited. Oh, that's good to hear. I'm glad they sorted this shit out. About time. Come on, Bewitched. Uh, And their album in 2014 was called Champagne or Guinness, which I believe is what we have uh, on tap tonight. Yes, I've either got Champagne or Guinness. Both on tap. Always a tough choice. I like to mix the two. Yeah. Guinness Shandy. Yeah. Is that what a Shandy is? No. Shandy's beer and lemonade. Beer and lemonade. But a Guinness Shandy is Champagne and Guinness. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Uh, There would be a name for that. Uh, Don't at me. And And don't drink it either. (laughs) Yuck. Jess, is there anything we need to tell people before we go? Just that we love them. If they want to suggest a topic, they can do so. There's a link in the show notes and also on dogoonpod.com. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com. Apparently, Guinness and Champagne is called a black velvet. Oh, that's black good. Black velvet. That sounds gross. Like, that's a thing. It doesn't sound good. Then again, people at the moment on TikTok are drinking coffee and orange juice together. Oh, that's worse. Yeah, so what, I mean, what is it? Coffee and orange juice. Who's drinking that? It's people on TikTok. You got to get up TikTok, Bryce. That sounds awful. It does sound awful. Being on TikTok, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on TikTok, Matt Stewart Comedy. How you going on there? You were doing one a day for a while? Since I smashed my phone, I haven't logged in. And that was about, that was a month ago. Okay. I've just got, I've just got so my phone fixed. So you don't even know how many followers you've accrued. Oh my God, man. Yeah, I, you, I you imagine while a, you're not posting anything, they... You, you could really be an influencer accru- now and you don't even know. <gasps> Fucking hell, Matt. Does that M mean million? <laughs> one M. He's got one M followers. Oh my God. That's Absolutely. amazing. Uh, now, Dave, put this baby home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks so much for listening. Uh, get in contact with us at dogoonpod.com. Click yeah, the, have that. a click around. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, I just, I, I really just want you to say the show's <laughs> over. Uh, so, on our website, you can also find links to... <laughs> hey, we'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, I'll say thank you so much. So much. And goodbye. Later. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.